morning to all. We're starting off with Addicted to Love. Now, we're not in the love arc. We're not in that show series. This is not about love. This show today is titled Addicted to Success. What does it take to be addicted to success? You're listening to Bill Sumner. This is the Inevitable Radio Show. Why? Because you are inevitable. Why you're here, how this planet works, how your life works, it's inevitable. Are you here to create success, greatness, get everything that you want in life? Have an incredible business, have a career that's off the charts while the rest of the economy's tanking? Can you do that? Is it possible to do that? What does that mean? How do you do that? Or are you here to struggle and suffer and stoically do the best you can, work hard, try hard, try to stay out of pain, try and stay one step ahead of the tax man, one step ahead of the bill collector, one step ahead of the Grim Reaper? Why are you here? What does it mean to be addicted to something? We've heard the words, we talk about it all the time, addictions. And generally, we think of addictions as being bad. You think about, oh, I'm an addict. Hi, I'm Bill. I'm an addict. That doesn't have a good connotation to it, does it? But when you think about it, most of us are addicts in some form or another. What are we addicted to? What are you addicted to? Are you addicted to love as Robert Palmer is? Are you addicted to something that conventional Western medicine would say, oh, you're an alcoholic? Fill in the uh, popular phrase du jour, alcoholic, shopaholic, drugaholic, sexaholic, gambling. Those are bad addictions. But many of us don't realize that the processes in your mind that arrive to a point of addiction, the processes in and of themselves, they're just tools. And there are many people that are addicted to their faith. They're addicted to being an incredible parent. They're addicted to love. Well, today we're going to talk about being addicted to success. What does that look like? What does that feel like? If you run through some of the common causes and characteristics, because you already know a lot about addictions, because it's a pretty popular cultural phenomena, that addictions are these terrible things. So we obsess about it. We think about it. We focus on it. We use it past moderation, or it's even something that using it one time isn't good for us, or doing something one time, or there's something that, like drinking, many of us drink, but we're not addicts, and it's not inappropriate behavior because maybe you're in the safety of your own home and you have a couple of glasses of wine. Obviously, a lot of controversy on some of the illegal drugs. Maybe you're addicted to painkillers, and you've done it legally. Your doctor has been prescribing painkillers for you for a condition that you have. Maybe your priest or your pastor or your reverend wants you to be addicted to the church experience and be addicted to God. Doing something, focusing on it, wanting it, got to have it, talking about it, reading about it, being totally immersed in the experience of it when you think about it. What if you substituted success into that equation, into that psychological equation. I'm addicted to success. I must have it. I focus on success. I think about success. I drive for success. I experience success, and I want more of it. 
I have to have more of it. Addictions. It depends on what we're addicted to. Certainly, as Robert's saying, addicted to love. Many of us would think that's a pretty good addiction unless you're addicted to men who beat you or women who abuse you emotionally. There are love addictions that are unhealthy. So when you think about it, in the world that we occupy, this yin-yang nature, this glass half full, glass half empty, we always talk about is your glass half full or is your glass half empty? Now, most people know what the answer is supposed to be. Oh, my glass is half full. Yeah. Yep, that's me. I think about it all the time. I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm focused on the good. Good. Yep. But they're not. Statistics show that over 90% of the population generally, when you talk about what it takes to create half full and half empty, focus more on half empty. And here's the interesting part. They use that as a motivational source to not want to be half empty. That in and of itself, to not want to be half empty, is a psychology of half empty. And you've heard me talk a lot on the show about don't spill the milk and what happens in these negative thought sequences where we begin thinking about things and we're focused on the things that we don't want. And from how your mind processes that experience, it has no choice but to create more of that experience for you. So some people get locked into this pattern where they try really hard not to have something. They don't want debt. They don't want to get fired. They don't want to have a conflict or a confrontation with someone or something. And in that thought pattern, in that psychological program, it's very, very hard not to create that. However, having said that, as you focus to stay out of debt or you focus not to get fired and you function at a hyper activity level, hyper thought, hyper feelings, hyper doing things, you can stay ahead of the curve and stay ahead of the pain. And some people would be terrified to switch to a half full psychology, to truly think half full to be successful, to be wealthy, because those are the opposites of not getting fired and not being in debt. Focus on wealth, feel wealth, think wealth, envision wealth. A lot of people have a really hard time with that because they can't even put themselves in that equation. What are you addicted to? Isn't it addiction that you want? Is it a truth that you want? Is it a greatness that you want? Are you addicted in that arena of life? Or are you addicted to fear of failure, to avoiding pain, to staying one step ahead of the very thing that you despise and don't want most in your life? Those are psychology programs. Those are thought patterns that run. What's your thought pattern? What are you focused on? So in this space of how do we create a powerful, healthy, positive addiction to success, we're going to talk about a number of tools today a number of thought processes, things to take care, things to create for ourselves, because these are patterns, these are psychological thoughts. And you can change them, you can overcome ones that you don't have. We can create healthy addictions, be addicted to marathon running, be addicted to your faith, to success. What's your addiction? How do you change your addiction if you want to? 
Thank you for listening to the Inevitable Podcast. Please visit our website for more information on this extraordinary coaching system at www.theinevitableu.com. Then, sign up for your two-week free trial of our membership to gain access to hundreds of hours of amazing content and tools just like this. Now, back to Bill. You're listening to the Inevitable Radio Show. I'm Bill Sumner. Good morning, Lyric. Welcome back to the program. Hello. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Thanks. How are you doing? I'm Good. at work, so I'm I'm a guard. And... <laughs> so um, talk to us. Uh, re-ask again your main question. We kind of got started a couple of weeks ago and really yeah. didn't have a chance to... Well, I, you know what it is? I think I, on a lot of levels, how you deal with negativity from yourself when you know you've got a gym membership, there's a gym in your backyard, and um, you have all these things that you seem to sabotage yourself a little bit by inertia or just not doing anything about it, and you just sit there and kind of think, I'm too tired, I'm, I'm 10 things which are totally legitimate, and then kind of talk yourself out of doing things that you know you should. Um, Lyric, a couple of things that you said there. Um, have, let me ask one quick question. So you have your gym membership, you have this state, this place that you want to go. Let's assume it's a, an incredible body, it's, it's health, it's energy, vitality. When you think about that place... How connected are you to that? Do you really see yourself in, you know, a size six or a size eight dress if that's your goal? Do you see yourself, you know, having plenty of energy, you know, getting less sleep and feeling more energetic? Are you really connected to that place? Um, well, you know, I can kind of see that in, in other people. And I'm like, oh, that that would be nice to be that free, that, that un. Uh, and, you know, you're not hindered by weight or I can't wear these clothes or I hate these clothes because they look funny and people treat you differently a little bit, you know. And I think really, yeah, you do visualize yourself mostly when you see other people, but you don't always assume that that could be, you kind of think it can be for you. You said something about, do you deserve this wonderful body? And I think um, sometimes you feel like you don't deserve it. And maybe you feel you have to earn it. So I think sometimes, you know, you might not feel like you deserve it. That's kind of a weird word. <laughs> It's an interesting word, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because a lot of people think they deserve the state of poverty or debt or a state of fatness. They feel like they've earned it because they're lazy or they procrastinate or they overeat when they said they were going to eat well. So they deserve being overweight. But in this glass half full, half empty world and thought patterns and psychology of how we approach our life, we don't always flip the switch and experience the other side. We see it in other people. As you said, I see other people healthy. I see what other people get. I see their energy. I don't know that I believe it for me. So we're trying to discover why don't you believe that's for you? I don't quite understand the inertia. That It just seems like you hold back when you should just jump into it. And, and you know, five minutes of something is better than nothing. And yet you don't do five minutes. It seems as though... Um, yeah, there is something wrong with me. <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with you. You there's something wrong with your strategy that you're exactly. using. That's a, see that's all part of the who am I, what am I, what do I deserve? We record that there's something wrong with who we are as opposed to going, well wait a second, if I change my strategy, I get a different outcome for myself. But who I am is always who I am. So one of the clues to this puzzle piece I'll give you is contained in that sentence that you just said that you have a very high connection to, which is, there's something wrong with me. 
Because somebody taught you that. Oh yeah, for uh, sure. I mean, there was a lot of a lot of um, major criticism in my life where I just felt from a very early age that I just was not good enough. You know, motivation is everything. You know, you're, it's it's but it's in your mind. It's your desire for what you want. You have to fuel that somehow. And it seems as though sometimes when you get older, you don't sense that you have the desire that you had, the motivation that you had. Well, you have the motivation. It's just that it's flipped. You're motivated to turn on the TV. You're motivated to (laughs) sit in the house and look across the parking lot at at the gym and going, gee, I really should be over there, but I think I'm motivated to be here. It is a a uh, motivation. Well, and I'm wondering, is stress? Well, you just shut down, and it's almost like you paralyze yourself. You just stress, you stress enough with life, um, and it's not that I can't do it. It's not that I don't do it. I'm not a basket case. I work three jobs. I don't stop, and I have, you know, family things. I just think sometimes you don't find time to give yourself that, you know. You just find reasons why you're, maybe you're just physically worn out, mentally and physically worn out. So if you think of the sentence lyric that you just used, that stress yeah. is paralyzing. It is. What's interesting is when you talk to people that are very, very fit, guess what the definition of stress is for them when they're stressed out? What, what is their strategy? (laughs) Not exercising. They probably get stressed out. Yeah. And, and difference in strategies between someone who records and programs stress paralyzes me and people that says stress paralyzes me and I have to get that out of my body through movement. And so the real program is the more stressed they are, the more they move. Right. And and it's like some people don't eat when they're nervous. Well, I wish I was one of those because I will find the junk food and I will nibble and nibble and nibble. And lately I've been nibbling on carrots, which is a good strategy because it's, you know, it's, you know, a lot better than chips. Yeah. I I do know. You know, the crazy thing is I know what you're saying. But it's almost as if, you know, if you say black, I say white. And I don't, I, I wonder sometimes if it's because we've been early on in our life made to do so many things that you feel so rebellious in when you go to a gym and you're like, well, you're going to w- run around that track like a little rat in a cage. And, and, you know, some of that, frankly, and on a mental level, really bothers me because it's so rote. It's so uninspired. And I, I, that's why a lot of times I'll walk. Well, and, you know, I don't get it. Well, one of the obvious things, there's there's two things that are going on. We have a process that says, as you've just said, which is very, very normal, by the way, I say up, you say down, you say right, I say left, and you go back to right. There's a strategy that says, I'm not going to entertain this. This isn't me. That's not who I am. And now I'm going to search for all kinds of reasons. You've heard me talk about the nine verbs, where the nine verbs are these really powerful verbs that we use for this creation process, what we see, what we think, what we feel, what we hear. And in this thought pattern, we can focus on Anything that we want to hear. So for every, if you want right, I'll say left. You'll go, I don't hear left. I only hear right. I'll say up, you say down. When you started in the age section, which is another common reason why people start using age is because they're, they're looking for everything they can hold on to to stay stuck in this place. Right, right. How old are you? Uh, You know, I think I'm almost 55. (laughs) I try to forget. I'm, I'm fairly fit. I'm, you know, I'm I'm probably a really fit, heavy person. You you would probably say I'm not, you know, 
totally obese. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm, I, it's distressing, you know. I'm in a size 20 when I should be in a size 12 or 14. Why doesn't being a size 12 or 14 feel good to you? Um, you know, it does, but it just seems as though I don't know how hey, to Hey, can I stop anymore. you a second? Yeah. Stop in the middle of that thought. Yeah. You said it does, but. I don't know how to get there. I mean, you know. Stop. Like, stop, Lyric. <laughs> See, okay. this is how you maintain being on the other side of the issue. Okay, You're, you've got this fire, this energy to you. Yeah. That's like, oh, no, I'm, let me start talking about Anytime you use but in a sentence, do you know what function it serves you? Um, the brakes. <laughs> it, it invalidates what you just said. So when you it said it does make sense, but... What the but does means, no, it doesn't really make sense. I'll say it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. And and you'll go back into the pattern. So why don't you deserve, why can't you see yourself? You, the intensity that you have, you're a high-energy person, are you not? You know, I really am. I you really am. are. Yeah. But see, when the energy is focused on staying in a size 20 dress. Yeah. It doesn't serve you. Why can you not see yourself in a 12 or a 14 and take this huge well of energy that you have and drive this into your life in, into a way that all the, everything that you said that you stress is paralyzing me. So I'm going to move and, and now movement is calmness and serenity. And whether it's a, you don't like a gym, then get in a swimming pool. Or if you don't like a swimming pool, go to a dance class. Or if you feel embarrassed in a dance class, there's some great dance DVDs that I can give you recommendations on that you could dance for an hour in the privacy of your own home and have movement and some of it's flowing and some of it's high energy. You can create a pattern, a new thought pattern at the drop of a hat with the energy level that you have. You would write it down. You would see it. You would think it. You would feel it. You would focus on it. You would say, Yes, I am a size 12. Because the interesting thing is, you said, if you work for it, then you deserve it. That's never the way life happens. The way really? life No. <laughs> the way life happens is, whatever you believe you deserve is the work that you're going to do to create it. Thank you for listening to The Inevitable Podcast. Please visit our website for more information on this extraordinary coaching system at www.theinevitableu.com. Then, sign up for your two-week free trial of our membership to gain access to hundreds of hours of amazing content and tools just like this.